please make sure you go over to YouTube, subscribe, or you can always find us on any of the podcast platforms, and that's Fostering Change. Well, you know, it's so hard to believe that we are already in the month of October. You know, this is actually one of my favorite months, um, not only because it's my birthday month, but I love fall weather. I love this Christmas of the fall. I love when I see the leaves are falling off the tree. But you know what? It actually reminds me a lot about our foster care system. You know, I always remind people all the time about how, you know, I truly believe that children are like trees. They really want to plant their roots into the ground and then they want to grow and it times their leaves will fall off, but then they grow back and, you know, and think about the fact of education. Um, you know, I've talked about this many times before is that our system has actually failed our children who are in the system who are aging out when it comes to education. Just think about it. 438,000 kids. Just think about the fact that only 54% of them will actually graduate from high school. Just think about the fact that only 11% will fill out a college application. And just think about the fact that only 3%, 3%, my friends, will actually get a college degree. You know, I think each and every one of us have an opportunity, an opportunity to build the foundation of our future for our children. And my next guest, that's exactly what they are doing with their foundation. I am so absolutely impressed when I met my friend Monica years ago and all that they were doing, all that they're giving, and the fact that they're helping so many kids who are aging out of the system. So before I say anything further, um, Monica, welcome to Fostering Change. Rob, what an absolute privilege and honor, you know, as we, we are friends, but as colleagues, you know, I stand in utter admiration of the work at Comfort Cases and how, you know, young people worldwide, children and young adults have been recipients of uh, cases filled with love. And we certainly, our young people have been a part of that. So we love our partnership with Comfort Cases and what it does to enrich and, and fill boxes with dorm room essentials every fall. Uh, so thank you for all that you do. It is really a privilege to spend some time with you today. Oh my gosh, you know, like I said, you know, I'm lucky that I get to call you my friend and talking to you is just like having a conversation. And so let's really dive in. Um, I, I really want you to talk about the foundation. I want you to talk about exactly what you're doing and how you're changing the needle. So the Insoro Educational Foundation was founded in 2005 um, with the idea that gap funding was going to be um, sort of the change agent to help youth aging out of foster care get to and through college. And while we started out as a scholarship organization in 2005 with one young person, shout out to Mason McFalls, who was that first graduate. He's now in Florida as an entrepreneur doing very well. Um, you know, what we have discovered 17 years in is a college degree can become a piece of paper if a young person doesn't have a pathway from college to career. And so um, we have helped 435 young people graduate from college across 31 states. We have 300 young people in our program today, but we are so much more than a scholarship organization, Rob. We are a, an organization intent on helping create equitable outcomes. And that means a coach, a mentor, evidence-based curriculum that shepherds our young people to and through college in tandem with that those scholarship dollars that helps build um, pathways from college to career. I mean, we you know better than than most that you know lacking a stable family and a so and social capital as a senior in college, who's shopping your resume? Right. And so the our organization now has really leaned in through you know, sort of much data and and uh, a lot of soul searching and 
solid strategic planning from our board of directors, uh, you know, what are we really solving for? Because it's great to have an 81% graduation rate, which we celebrate. But if that young person is homeless the next day, what was that degree for, right? So what are we really doing while we have our arms wrapped around our young people from 16 to 26, which is the age and the period of time that we support our young people? Are we really helping them become the best versions of themselves? And are those post-secondary credentials really earning their stripes? Are they really serving the young people? And so that's what our college coaching program does is um, through um, uh, certified executive life coaches and in tandem with mentorship and our workforce development arm now really comes together through a very holistic approach, um, endeavors to serve young people so that they are in a job that has, that gives them self-sufficiency the day after graduation. I love it. I absolutely love it. You know, you, you, there's so many points that you hit on that I want to touch base on. Number one, you know, I, I've said this so many times over and over again, that piece of paper that hangs on your wall um, that you are handed on that graduation day truly does not make the outcome of what your future is. And it truly doesn't. And I think that is something that we forget. And when you, you know, to hear you talk about that 16 to 26, it's something I have said time and time again, I believe that foster care should actually be extended to kids who are in the system until they're 26 years old. And let me tell you the reason why. So you're a mother. Um, I actually, you know, know what an amazing mother you are. And as me as a father of five kids, my oldest son is 22 years old. And um, my oldest son still needs his dad's. Um, and, you know, and, and he's going to need us in his 30s as well. But in his, when he's 26, there's more of a, your wings are now here. I think that we need to have this pathway for kids in our foster care system where they're still getting a stipend, where we're still, because that's what I'm seeing right now, Monica, is that, you know, I'm talking to young kids all over the country and a lot of the schooling issues that they have is just the fact, the ability to live day by day. Right. Self-sufficiency and in the ability to navigate those um um, employment, you know, waters can be very choppy for young people, First, any first-gen student in college. But when you take our first-gen students who truly are on their own, you know, your average first-gen student has um, that somebody in their corner, you know, our young people don't have anybody. They've got their caseworker and they may have a foundation or two that's supporting with scholarship. But what are we really doing to help position them for greater equity beyond graduation? Yeah. And that, you know, was for us was a real uh, I'll give you a little bit of an origin story if we have a second on why we yes. on this on this commitment to equity is um, and this was pre-pandemic. I was concerned that you know while we were celebrating a graduation rate, I started to look at the degree types, Rob, of our young people, and there was a lot of social work. Nothing wrong with social work; it's wonderful, superheroes, and a lot of criminal justice. So in one of our roundtable sessions with our young people, I asked, can we talk a little bit about, this was a three-year roundtable, right? I really wanted to see year over year what this was because it was a trend that really jumped off the page. And Rob, it was a lack of awareness of other careers. I knew it, I knew it. I've, I've seen the, one quote gives me chills. I've only seen the inside of a courtroom. So I know those two careers and what, if we do them right, we can get them right. And I'm thinking, sweetheart, this is, this is a system we're up against. You're one social worker, yes, can make a change, but have you, do you realize your math tests are off the chart and you could be, there's so many other things that you could do. Mm -hmm. Did you, and so I went on this um, 
very uh, nationwide search to find a coaching partner that had evidence-based curriculum that was nimble enough that could infuse what matters most to our board, which is financial literacy, but also could give them some fundamentals of career assessment, right? And so there's this one tool in our coaching program called Use Science, and it is an evidence-based uh, assessment that our young people get in their first co second coaching session that helps them uh, determine, it's like a Myers-Briggs for careers, right? Um, their natural talents and abilities, and then shows them what that looks like from an earning potential beyond graduation. And they're, it's like an aha moment, light bulbs go off. Oh my God, I thought I wanted to do this, but I had no idea I could be a chemist. I, I have propensity to be you know, plumbing. I have, so it's just, it was such an incredible um, a pivot point for us to be able to say, um, it's exposure, access and exposure are everything. Wow. And that's, that was one of the reasons. And then we went on the self-sufficiency to determine, you know, what are our kids lacking beyond graduation? And that too, you know, our work, your work, you know, you are so wonderful to in introduce us to the folks at Elevance um, and Mayor Group and, you know, and, and we're exploring ways that we can make sure that those benefits are, are tapped into. So, yeah. um, so it's a real, it's a real village. You know, I'm going to tell you something that you just I just had an aha moment that I have not had in so long because the scholars that I have met who have gone on to college that you, that is exact. I see all these their social workers and all these, you know, um, criminal justice. And it, and it just was it just was that aha moment of making sense. It's like that's all we've exposed them to. You know, from the time they've walked into the system, they've had a social worker visit them twice a month. You know, they're in and out of the courtrooms, you know, because of, you know, having the review after review after review after review. And they're truly not seeing what else is around the world that they could possibly do. You know, I don't even know. And maybe you, you can answer this question. I remember back in high school, when I was in high school, you had to take a test and it would tell you what you were going to, what, where, where you were like, do they still do that? You know, um, I, in Fulton County schools, they do. In fact, that's where we get our assessment from, from okay. science, um, because it is an evidence-based tool. I don't know that it's broadly done, particularly in the areas where our young people reside and go right. to usually inner city schools. Um, you know, Communities and Schools is another incredible organization, and they do a lot of work um, in inner city schools, making sure that those young people are dialed in and connected. Um, but, um, you know, I don't have an informed opinion. I just know that uh, with Fulton County Schools, they, this tool is a, is a real uh, magnet and, uh, and, and, and a real change agent. You know, Monica, the thing is, is that I, I, I've said this so many times in so many speeches that, you know, when you invest in a child, you actually invest in our future. It's, you know, the old saying used to be you invest in a child, you invest in their future. But I think it's truth that, that you actually invest in our future because they are our leaders of tomorrow. They are our leaders of tomorrow. So by, by investing in them, it makes our future brighter. And that's exactly what I see your foundation doing. And, you know, the thing that I really, I, I want to touch base on is, you know, do you really, you've 17 years, you guys have been doing this. And I will tell you for the last 17 years, you know, and I can only say for the last 10 years that I've been deep back into the system. And, you know, I grew up in the system. I aged out of the system. I adopted five kids out of the system. You know, I really haven't seen much of the needle move. Um, I, I've, I've seen lots of money be given to lots of organizations that say they're going to make lots of changes. And I've seen nothing. 
Um, but when I hear you say things like, you know, an 81% success rate with graduation, that's actually a needle moving, you know, that is a needle moving. Um, I got to ask, where do you get your funding? Oh, gosh. So the lion's share of support that we receive is individual dollars, right? So corporate interest, foundations, and, and individual dollars. We don't do a lot of uh, federal grants just because our organization is very lean and mean, and, and we, um, you know, that's a significant um, administrative um, uh, opportunities when pursue federal grants at some point. I believe that will probably become part of the, the revenue portfolio, but uh, currently it is individuals um, a lot of independent fundraising and um, corporate corporate support and, and uh, foundations. And the reason I ask that question is because I just feel like, you know, hearing those numbers that you that you I mean, people need to know that people yeah. need to know that. I mean, you know, we've been hearing the same. By the way, we've been hearing the same 438000 kids in foster care for five years. Right. I can't. Nobody can make me believe that that number hasn't changed. Okay. So, you know, it's like they keep saying that same number. We keep hearing the same number about the, the 54, the 11, and the three. The, you know, I've been hearing that for literally almost 10 years. And so I don't see any change. But when I hear foundations like yours, where you're having an 81% success rate, you know, I mean, that's huge. Well, and I'll tell you why it's not it's not higher, right? Um, so two things, right? So um, we measure success um, in our through our current strategic plan and with the with the support of our board of directors, um, with what happens the day after graduation, right? So graduation is a given. We we you're going to graduate if you're an Asoro scholar, right? We want that to be the case. But why is it not a hundred percent? You know that nineteen percent is because young people that are thinking they're gonna to go to college, they get there in year one, the matriculation happens, but the persistence doesn't happen into year two because there's no assimilation, right? There's no, they're, they're lacking a coach, lacking a mentor, somebody to talk to at the end of the day. My, my professor invites me to, to coffee and I really need to talk about my, my grade, but I don't have money to pay for coffee, so therefore I'm not going. When in fact, right, decisions like that, that are real time decisions, right? That, that affect outcomes and careers and life, livelihood. Um, we, we had to ask ourselves some really tough questions. What are we solving for? Because an 81% graduation rate, that's wonderful. The national average of non-youth that are not in foster care is, is 61%, right? So we're double digits higher than the national average. But what does that mean if the day after graduation, I don't have a job and I'm, I'm homeless? And so we, Credentials are key. You've got to have post-secondary credentials. There's no question um, in today's climate. But what about the students who are not headed to college, not ready for college, not a college student, but most certainly could be an incredible plumber, a welder, and be making you know eighty thousand dollars in twelve months with the credential. So that is why that that number we believe is higher. With through the the applications that we've looked at, and you know we're big data hounds around here. If you don't have the data, it didn't happen. If you can't measure it, it didn't matter, right? So, kind of our philosophy. Um, and so what we have done is we've looked at wow, those students that that nineteen percent were that gap to hundred is students who dropped out because they should never should have been in a four year institution in the first place. They right. should have gone to technical college, graduated in, in six or eight or 12 months and been earning 80 plus thousand dollars a year and a career in a high demand trade. And so we're very focused in this strategic plan, Rob. You'll be so happy to hear that we are going after those students who are not going to college and saying, wait, before you age out and hit the street, let me just share with you what a post-secondary credential at the technical college system of Georgia looks like 
and you could be earning 80 grand. If you Are you interested in welding? Have you ever heard of that? You want to be a barber? They have an unbelievable barber program. You want to own your own business? Guess what? You can do that if you get this credential in eight months, 12 months, 10 months, 18 months, and look what the earning potential is. So um, I'm, I hope to come back to you in three years. Hold me accountable, Rob. And so hey, I'm Monica, going to, you know days. that my friends, you know that, yeah. you know, I, I love the fact that you brought the, the, the whole secondary education part up, because I think that, that we focus so much on college, 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 and not everybody is made for college. And, you know, um, and, and by the way, you can still earn an amazing living. Okay. Amazing. Um, you know, and take it from this guy who I never went to college. I became a very successful businessman. Um, and, you know, a lot of it had to do with drive, but a lot of it had to do with, you know, the fact of that one act of kindness that, you know, someone would do along my, my, my path as I was in my career. But, you know, I think the biggest issue that we have within our system for our older youth who are aging out. And by the way, Monica, you know, my husband and I, we adopted this year an 18, he was 18 when he arrived. He was now, he was 22 when we finally got to adopt him. You know, so I, I know that whole age group right there. And the, the biggest thing that I could see is that they, they don't know that they have options. They just don't know that they have options. So, you know, one of the things that, that I want to touch base with that, you know, before we we end our conversation is we're seeing more and more states that are paying for college. Right. Um, I mean, it's it's happening across our country um, that states are now stepping up and they're saying, if you're in foster care, if you arrived at a certain age, we'll pay for your college education, Okay. Do you feel, and this is, I want your opinion before I give mine, do you feel that that should be opened up to trade schools as well? Absolutely. In fact, we are on a policy council for the state of Georgia. Um, myself, Multi-Agency Alliance for Children, Orange Duffel Bag Initiative, our coaching partners, and several others, and then obviously the, the division. We are presenting to uh, uh, OPB, um, and um, by the time this airs, we will we will hopefully have had some success. Um, but but uh, as Senate Bill 107 provides, um, it's an unfunded mandate, which that's the first challenge. Um, is really understanding in the state. Yes, to, your, to answer your question in short, yes, it should be done, um, and it can be done state to state. And in some states, you know, they are doing um, Florida, for example great job with executing on the dollars that they were federal dollars and being able to sort of bring in the public private partnerships to ensure that young people homeless and foster care have an opportunity to succeed um, in, in an equitable manner uh, but the key is um, public private partnerships right so people coming together that can put some skin in the game um, that are not just um, giving you the credential, but also giving you the job beyond the credential. Right. Yeah. I think that's that's essential, and that's why it's working so well in Florida because of the the, the corporate interests that are involved in that in that effort. Um, and so we, you know, with any luck, we'll have some improvement with Georgia's SB 107 and, and or a rewrite, and it may require a constitutional amendment for Georgia. Um, but whatever it takes, it absolutely should be done. Um, you know, what's interesting is Pell Grant in most cases covers, you know, it's $7,300 currently in its current iteration Pell Grant, right. and by and large, a, 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 a technical certification is less than that. So the challenge is being able to use those federal dollars for housing right. and or other ancillary expenses um, that help give that student the opportunity, because in most cases, those schools are commuter schools, right? right. So where's the student going to live if I, if I choose this pathway that I love, which is perfect for me? Where am I going to live? 
And that's where organizations like Insoro come in and say, we can help you. The nimble nature of our scholarship can help you with the housing piece and the transportation to and from school and work while you pursue your post-secondary credentials. So it is, um, it is a, it's a unique um, uh, need for a village of like-minded individuals, public and private, to come together state to state. California is showing it can be done. There's still some, you know, there's always nuances. It's, it's policy. Public policy, there's always going to be opportunity, but I'm 100% in agreement with you. Our young people should should not have to feel the, the cost of, of education. And listen, we know that no matter what, the cost of higher ed in this country is, is ridiculous, you know, right? So so it's, it's um, we, we, it, we need some, some um, uh, we need an overhaul there. And I think I think higher ed is, is sort of asking themselves that same question. The return on investment uh, for the average college student that graduates with 30 plus thousand dollars in debt and yet is struggling to find a job in this climate doesn't make sense. And then you factor in the AI disruption and then you've got some, some real questions to answer, right? So yeah. I agree yeah. 100%. It makes no sense, but I'm gonna tell you something right now. If there's a state that's gonna change it, it's the state of Georgia. You know, the fact is, is that on November 1st, you know, with, with our amazing friends at Amerigroup and, you know, Georgia families, we're rolling out that every child in foster care will have a comfort case, you know, and Amerigroup has stepped up and said, listen, we're gonna make sure that these kids step off the, the curb the right way with a comfort case and with love. And what I love about that is that you as my friend, friend, you know, you get to help at the end. It's almost like, you know, we're, we're two bookends. And, you know, I think that's why over the years, our friendship just is supposed to be because, you know, we both have such a passion when it comes to our kids who are in foster care. Listen, everybody, um, I really want you to do me a big favor. It's my birthday week. Okay. And, you know, um, and as much as you all show the love to comfort cases, I want you to show the love to my friends foundation. You know, we're going to have a link right here that you're going to be able to go straight to their website. You're going to be able to donate. And by the way, whether it's $1, $5, $10, $500, it doesn't matter. Every single penny that you donate will help the future of a child, you know? And when you're helping the future of a child, you're helping your future. Monica, again, I can't thank you enough. I can't thank you enough for, you know, spending time with me, having this amazing conversation, really educating our listeners and our viewers, because I truly do believe that more and more people, they want to help, they want to give, um, they just don't know what to do. Right, right. So thank how can they get a hold of you? To learn more about the Insoro Foundation, please visit www.insoro.foundation. That's N-S-O-R-O, N-S-O-R-O dot foundation. Um, I, we are also on Instagram, all the social channels at Insoro Foundation, N-S-O-R-O Foundation, um, as well as LinkedIn, uh, Twitter, Facebook. Um, please engage with us and we will definitely get back in contact with you. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you. And by the way, everybody, we'll have all those links on here. And you know what? Do me a big favor. You know, it's a fall crisp day. Um, go out there and do what I always ask you to do. And that is be a good human. Take care, everyone.